0: Hi, welcome to The Brain Dump. We are three friends with a raw approach to exploring, discussing, and deconstructing life's challenges, including topics around friendship, parenting, relational difficulties, transitions and change, and understanding cultural values and belief systems. It is through these raw and real conversations We intend to portray a way to hold and work through the complexities of the multiple realities which coexist in everyday life. We are glad you are here. It's time to connect.
1: We were saying, Melda, that we were just going to start having this discussion without um, really knowing where it was going to go. But the topic's been up for us. And so um, I think there is some hesitancy to have the conversation because I don't think we have any solid beliefs or ideas that we know yet without having discussed it enough or thought about it enough Mm -hmm. to have clear ideas about it. So just saying that at the out front, like we don't have specific um, beliefs, but it's just been like a observation around women and um, success and how that might threaten other women or how how I have personally felt seeing women succeed um, and how that has been related to, you know, our own business and desire for success. And um, yeah, so just really interested in this topic and where we wanna take it. We'll just kinda see see where it goes. So I don't know if anyone has anything that's up
0: specifically. The word that's coming to mind for me is vulnerable. I think that women being hesitant to support other women and actually speaking about it is a really vulnerable topic. Um, I know that some of the words that we were using in our text messages the other day was like that we were ashamed to even admit that we had had thoughts of not supporting someone
1: mm-hmm.
0: and feeling guilty for almost wanting to sabotage that thought or business or, or whatever that woman was promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet on the other hand, I found myself drawn to women businesses. Like when I see a woman owner, I get really excited. So for me, I, I feel kind of raw and vulnerable right now because I don't really know where it stems from. Like I feel like it's only on social media that I'm, I'm seeing it. Like if I see a woman business owner, I don't have any feelings like I would want to sabotage her if it's in person. I mean like where we go to eat, you know? Like I don't have those feelings. Mm-hmm. She's a woman business owner of a restaurant. So I think that is something that's coming to mind for me is is why do I feel vulnerable and ashamed or more I don't know if it's anger or jealousy or envy or any of the words that we were talking about before when it comes to social media. Is there like a component of sitting behind a computer that I feel more protected, I guess? I don't know. That's just what was
1: coming up. I wonder if it's partly because that's what what we're using to promote ourselves. So it's the the platform in which we're using. So of course, someone who owns a restaurant, I wouldn't feel that way because that's never been anything I've wanted to do. (laughs) So let someone else do that. But if it's a platform in which I also want to be successful on, so let's say, you know, when we posted our things about our business offerings and not getting as many comments as we wanted, but then going and seeing other women who are launching offerings or have a business who are promoting on Facebook and seeing that they're getting engagement, um, then, then I could see the correlation there because it's like, okay, why is this one person getting so much traction and so much, so many likes or views or um, comments and why am I not? Or even, not even necessarily comparing to myself, but another woman who's trying to launch something and she's not getting really anything. And I could feel myself, and this is the shameful part for me, I could feel myself with the woman who's getting all of the likes and the and the comments going, well, what what's, like feeling jealous. And like, what does she have? What is like, I want to know what is she doing that I'm not doing? Like, why is she getting all of these comments and this interaction? And then with the other woman who's not getting anything, I can feel myself wanting to scroll past her because it's like, oh, good. Someone else is in my boat with me. Let's have like, I want her to fail too. And these aren't cognitive thoughts I'm having. This is in retrospect, thinking about it. It's not like I'm doing it in the moment, trying to be mean. It's just, oh gosh, look, I did that. Why did I do that? Why did I just scroll past and want, like wanted her to also quote unquote fail because I didn't want to be alone in the failure. Um, But like on a heart level, that is not what I want. I want everyone to be able to be successful. And I, I feel like the more that we promote other women, the more we can only do good for ourselves because And this is what we kind of talked about in our text messages that we can bring here to the, to this forum is um, the idea of, um, I'm trying to gather where I want to take that because, it was the idea of like watching all thinking of all the businesses I've had and feeling that they hadn't been as successful as they had could have been, or I wanted them to be. So feeling like I've failed, quote unquote, um, and then wanting that to be some, not like, I'm not alone in that. Like I'm not flawed in some way that there are other people who also struggle. Um, But I, you know, I honestly, I lost my train of thought on that because I was going somewhere else with it. And then like, completely blanked out so i'm wondering i'm like following intuition here maybe i wasn't supposed to say whatever i thought i was supposed to say that a few minutes ago and that's why i paused um, so i'll i'll stop there and see if you guys have any in, anything to say and then maybe it'll come back to me what i the trina thought i was gonna take cuz now i don't remember mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a an interesting and very complex topic and as you said in the beginning janine we don't really we can't really grasp maybe um, our behaviors or observations in a way where we can already apply some meaning to it and have the language to to describe maybe um, either either just the observation or form an opinion. Um, I'm I'm interested in really. Um, Zooming out a little bit, we have the personal, um, I guess, experiences and observations. We witnessed um, many things probably happening around us on social media, as you just described, both of you. Um, But when we zoom out a little bit, I'm wondering if it has, maybe there is a broader, um, a broader construct um, or a broader structure in, in um in the mix and i'm wondering if it has to do something with power um um maybe some competition and i'm wondering if this is maybe a gendered space that we're navigating if it has to do with gender roles if it has to do with women in the work um uh workspace and how successful women are in general and uh, something, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there is a relationship to how women are relating to men in the workspace and also, um, in the space of entrepreneurship, because there are women who are seeking to maybe have their own business for certain reasons and they might be similar. Um, And different um, than the the goals that some men might have. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking also that women who have children um, might have maybe a harder time fulfilling some of the roles that they're thinking they have to fulfill or they really wish to fulfill and maybe having your own business might be attractive for some of those reasons, you know, being in the home. Mm Um, as well as having your own business and wanting to be uh, successful in both. So I'm wondering if there is something that is a reflection in how women are relating to men and the workspace in general and how then that reflection stirs into how women are relating to each other mm-hmm. and how on the one hand, as you said, Nicole, want each other to be um, productive and successful because we do get get excited if it's a women-owned business Um, and at the same time as you described uh, Janine we sometimes maybe find ourselves seeing somebody's post and we find ourselves not having supported that Mm -hmm. and also I'm wondering about friendships and relationships within this I'm wondering if this jealousy Might come in a different form if if it's about another woman that we have a relationship with. I'm wondering if it's easier to support a woman that we see is posting about her business and we don't have a relationship to that woman. So I'm I'm. What comes to mind for Mia is to. to, I just spoke German. Sorry. (laughs) What comes to mind for Mia? For me? I didn't. (laughs) I didn't get to do that. So what comes to mind for me is um fear, and threat.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. So those are some terms like gendered spaces, um, power relations, relations, fear, and threat. Those are coming to mind for me.
0: Which brings Mm -hmm. me to what I journaled about yesterday. It was all questions because I don't have the answers. Why -hmm. are we jealous of each other? Meaning women. Why do we want to see women fail? Why do we envy? Why do we envy success, money, attention, fame, followers? Mm -hmm. Do those things finally make us feel enough, worthy, or capable? What external accolades do we need? Why do we need them? What is missing? Why can't we be happy internally and go within? Do we want to hurt them to identify with something? Is it failure? Do we feel like failures? Do we like suffering? Do we like to see people not succeed? What is success? How do I define success? Is it only monetary or is it visibility, recognition, engagement as well? Do I feel successful fulfilling my purpose, dreams, and desires? And I think for me, the answer to some of those were, yes, like I feel like success for me is so attached to kind of like the American dream. And I'm slowly detaching myself from that because I'm realizing there's more to it, but you're successful if you have over 10,000 followers and you're successful if you're visible and you're successful if you make X amount of money, Mm -hmm. but really In my heart, success has nothing to do with any of those. It has to do with following my dreams and my purpose and my desires. Like that's how I would define success if I'm looking within my heart. But why can't I like conceptualize that in a way?
1: Well, I think part of that is because our idea of success Although that it are, all those things are true, the truth is there's another component, and it's financial. And there is this idea of wanting to make money. Being successful at this would equate making X amount of dollars, whatever that means. And if you're looking at the steps to get there, then you would see like the more followers, the more likes, the more comments would translate in my mind to more success. Um, And so that is where I think as women, we can easily say, oh, it's not about the money. It is about the heart and about, because that's true. But where I think we might be missing something is in owning the fact that we do want to make money at what we are doing and loving and that it's okay to want that. And I think that's where there's a lot of I don't know, like, because I said to you guys in our texts about when I share something on Facebook that's personal about like something my family has done, I get comments and likes and I feel like people are really engaged. But if I share something about my oil business or my birth business in the past, I didn't get a lot of engagement and and I felt like whatever was coming through me was a fear of feeling like I was a salesperson, like trying to dupe someone. And I think that comes through and people are just gonna scroll right past it. So I'm wondering if there is this fundamental, like what our intention is when we go and post and how that comes through to a person has, I think is a part of it, but then there is the other part of how are we being seen by other people and is that like our business specifically and I think the businesses I'm mostly thinking about are geared towards other women. So it's about getting women interested in what you're doing. So if there is this like underlying jealousy and envy that is coming up, um, that's kind of where I'm I wanna understand myself because I think that's coming out in the way not only I respond to other people's messages but maybe how I'm being responded to. Um, because I think there is some sort of systemic piece to this. Like, even though we might've been raised, like I was not raised to think that women couldn't do whatever you want to do. Like I, my mom was a single mom. She made it happen. Um, I didn't grow up thinking that women had to be a certain way in their life, like the homemaker or the mom or whatever. But even still, even though that wasn't like directly taught to me it still seems to be a part of our system in which we grow up in how we're treated, how we go to, you know, how we go to college and what is expected of us there maybe from professors. I don't know, or from other adults in our lives. Like there are certain jobs that are more um, acceptable. If you're a woman, like I went into teaching and that's a very dominant female job. Um, Then I went into birth work, dominant female oil business, dominantly female. So it's like, I think what we keep doing is dominantly a female-based business. And so somehow there's still a disconnect, though, between us stepping into some sort of power that you guys both, I think, said power in different ways. And I think that that has a piece to it. But see, even in how I'm talking, there's, it's like this elusive thought that I can't capture, like there's something here that we're trying to discover and it almost feels like it's just like falling through the fingertips, like you're trying to grasp it, but you can't. And um, that's how I felt about when I learned like about racism, S- systemic racism was something like I thought, oh, I'm not racist. But then when I learned about the culture that we live in is, a, is based on a racist system, just by it's counts and balances and what's given and what's what's withheld and all of that i feel like that translates to this but i can't for some reason i'm not able to really make the leap in my mind about how to how to dis- dissect that and understand it like i feel like i have somewhat with systemic racism i'm not 100% there but i feel like i understand i'm like but like the shield has fine like the blinders have been taken off and it's like whoa i didn't know all this existed and i feel that that's coming with this topic. And we just haven't quite
0: figured out what that is. Time for a quick commercial. Are you hesitant to make a new year's resolution because they never seem to work? Maybe thinking, what's the point? Often resolutions are geared towards very specific goals that are difficult to attain and maintain, often leaving us feeling like we failed. What if there's another way? the three of us have created an offering that is specifically geared towards helping you with your new year's resolution. Hop on over to www.thebraindump.life backslash offering. I think on face value, there's been some, <clears throat> you know, terms out there, the glass ceiling and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, pay in and inequality. So I think that there's, something kind of like brushing the surface about this topic, but I think we're hitting on something that is not normally talked about and it goes so much deeper even to just our everyday choices and thoughts and life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think Melda, you kind of, hit the nail on the head, but yet we don't quite know what that nail is yet, that it's, there's some other connections and links to, you know, some relational thing with men and power and some societal stuff. So I don't know if you have any more reflections on that now.
2: I'm, I don't know. It it feels like, it feels like it's at the tip of my tongue and I, -hmm. I just can't formulate the thought. I don't, Mm -mm. it's probably, you know, what I was thinking is that it feels as if it's at the tip of my tongue because it feels so real to me yet it's a taboo, right? We're not speaking about these things. So we're not trained. We don't have practice Mm -hmm. in talking about it. So we're missing the language piece but we do have the experience. I think that's where I'm feeling the push and pull a little bit within me. It's like, ah, this feels so close. It feels like right in my face. I know exactly what we're talking about. And at the same time, I can't talk about it. Yeah. Because I don't have, I I don't have the words. I don't have, and maybe this is a weird comparison, but when I first moved to the States, I had the English that I learned in school so you know i came here i was able to do my grocery shopping i was able to whatever then we uh, we got a dog and all of a sudden i learned all the terms that are you know that you need in the dog owner world
1: Mm -hmm. leash
2: collar whatever you know those like those vocabulary it's like it's
1: have I not been exposed
2: to any dog owners before? Of course, I've been exposed to the dog ownership world, but I've never owned one myself. So I didn't know the vocab Mm -hmm. for that. I was missing the vocabulary. I could not talk. Then I became a mother. Oh my goodness. Like all these terms during pregnancy, cervix, uterus, (laughs) you know, you name it. I didn't learn those in school in Germany. So, and this is the same like we are all exposed to this reality mm-hmm. whether it's far or near whether we've witnessed some of these things happen or whether we've been you know doing them ourselves or being the target like the on the receiving end but i'm missing the language piece I
1: think
2: and
0: yeah yeah I know.
1: great reflection
0: i agree that is beautiful because here we are treading in new waters, right? Starting this business and we're, we're recognizing firsthand the experience, you know, Janine, you were talking about your posts the other day. And I think Melda, you um, mentioned that Janine had like 60 comments and here we are, we've posted a couple times on our Facebook pages and no likes or comments and, or very few at that. And so there's definitely, you know, it, it, we all recognized it right away. Like, oh, there's a different culture here and there's a different language, like you said, but we're not understanding what they're speaking, you know, and what, what is this and what are we feeling and why is it there? And I'm so curious to learn more. I almost want to like, hold like a focus group or something to, to like draw this out of people to what do you feel? What do you feel to see if there's like some common thread that we can figure out? I'm so enthralled by it.
1: Maybe we could have a few people on with us. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying before we started recording, I was taking a walk and then ran into one of my neighbor slash friends. Um, And so we walked a little bit together and near the end of our conversation, this topic actually came up about um, women, you know, that are sort of in power or very successful and how that makes us feel or how we see it affects others um, or how it even affects our beliefs, these, what these other people are saying. And I just thought, oh, maybe, and she had said, "Hey, maybe one day I can be on your podcast do you do you, do you um, interview people?" And I said, "No, but maybe we could just have you on And at, that was before we got to this topic at the end of our conversation. So maybe it could be something where we have a couple people on and just ask a few certain questions and see if we get some sort of similar similar answers um, to how people feel about this specific topic around women. Uh, successful women, and then the envy and jealousy piece, and how we might be, um, you know, hurting our own businesses by having these sort of um, pushed down feelings that we're maybe not even aware of, because I could imagine a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. You know, Jeanine's horrible. I didn't know she was like that. And I, I, but I imagine if they sat with it for a few moments and walked away and really asked themselves clearly, like, and the, and the next time I'm gonna ask everyone who does listen to this, the next time you're scrolling Facebook, be aware of the p- people that you just skip over, be aware of the people that you stop and look at and go, wow, how do they get so many comments? Be, just be aware. And, and is, is there any correlation? To how quickly you pass over or how quickly you stop and and wonder and maybe start to feel like oh there is a sense of jealousy there and I and and is it like if that person's successful is that like somehow taking a piece of the pie and there's only a certain amount is that what we believe or I mean I, I wonder is there a fundamental belief that there's only so much that can go around and if someone else has it that means there's less for me because I think that is a belief I, I think that has been very much an Americanized belief system too. Like there are those that have and those that don't. And there almost has to be a system of that. There has to be super, super poor to have super, super rich. Like to have even the contrast, you have to have both ends of the spectrum. So I'm just curious about, is that part of it? Like, is that an ingrained belief system? Especially here, I don't know. I know Melda, you have a different upbringing in Germany and you spoke a little bit to that about where people have mostly a sense of things taken care of in a lot of ways where you don't, you still have, you have the freedom to pursue the things you're interested in without being sort of bogged down by, like you were saying, um, preschool costs. Like here, if a woman wanted to go back to work and pay for preschool, it might not be worth it Mm -hmm. to even do that because what she's making might be exactly what she'd be paying for her kid to be in preschool. So it, are the systems even set up for women to, to be successful in this way? I don't know, I mean, these are all- uh, I,
2: Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree, totally agree. I mean, even when it comes to maternity leave and um, oh, yeah. time that you can take off and the, the fear of losing your job and uh, like yeah. yes, systemically it's not um, supported, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, for women who are mothers. Um, And that's a really good point that you made with the, I like the pie uh, metaphor there. Mm -hmm. And what I was also, in addition to that, another um, thought that came to my mind was um, love and loyalty. And I mean, there are, of course, also very successful women. And there are probably also a lot of women who are might really claim that they're not jealous or envy and they probably aren't if they you know if that's their truth and their belief and their lived reality in a way then um that's just as valid but as you said you know if if we check in with ourselves it's hard to to um to uh what's the word that i'm looking for to acknowledge and to that's not the word that i'm looking for but to say not imagine, um, confess, I guess, confess Mm -hmm. that, yes, that is true. I've, I've been doing this. I've caught myself do this or, and what just came to mind, if we would just um, let's say we're thinking about the workspace and women and men and men making more money doing the same job most of the time, right? That's still the case. Um, And as women, I think if we look at, at it from a power relations perspective you would think that women maybe there is a belief that we should stick together we should be loyal to each other um, and then once a woman is moving up to the to the level of getting closer to the men's sphere in a way then it's like oh my god like I'm being left behind, you're going up there, mm-hmm. you're being suc- successful, you're leaving the realm of where women are, are condemned to be in, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. not condemned, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, like, just generally speaking, there is so much, um, there are so many layers to this. And I know how I'm speaking right now might be a little bit more generalizing. But I think I need to do that in order to get more in depth and uncover each layer, but I have a thought about loyalty and also, let's say you have, yeah, you like your best friend, right? Your best female friend, all of a sudden, is like super successful, and it, I, I feel like there is some sort of loyalty or um, loss that we might feel, and with that loss, there might be like an emotional component that is making us unable to support that person further in a way. And I don't know if I make sense, but there is like, almost like there is this thread of thought of idea hanging above me and I'm just holding onto the very tip. I don't pull it down yet. Not wrapping myself in it yet, but. I can feel the tip tickling my fingers a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a a heavier topic and there is something within this success realm of people succeeding that we gravitate towards wanting to see them not succeed. And, and I don't know if for me, Melda, you were touching on a piece. I, I really loved the comparison of the being left behind because for me, I, I think that is a component. I, I, I don't want to not be part of the kind of collective group of women who are struggling to, make it and and own that own business or whatever their dream is of you know having flexibility and being our own boss and you know all those things but then i guess the word that just came to my mind was are we being sellouts you know are we are we like selling our souls in a way like are we betraying women but that's not reality because there's all these successful women out there doing all these wonderful things so why would I even have that thought but when you said the group and oh I'm being left behind that those were my thoughts of what I would we be viewed that way if we were successful you know so I'm gonna have to really lean into that a little bit more and and deconstruct that thought because like you i i feel like the thought is like out there for us to grab and i th- i think it would be a great idea to have a couple of people on to discuss it with them um you know the fact that i mentioned it and you had already mentioned it today is for me a sign that w- we should do that um because I'm really curious what other people would have to say. Yeah, would they be... We have
1: to start the conversation somewhere
0: mm-hmm. and
1: create the language with each other. Mm-hmm. it's such a... I mean, it's not a new topic, but I think we're, we're looking at it through a different lens, perhaps, than what it's been viewed before. Because, like, for you, Nicole, specifically, like, you have been the main breadwinner for a while. So you, there's not like this belief that women can't be, you know, making money, but it was also within a system that was a patriarchal system. Even though you worked with women as nurses, mostly women, there, the, who were the main bosses above you were probably mostly men. If you go to the top, the very top, not above you. Owners of, ho- of hospitals? The CEOs are um, all women. Well, I'm thinking that even beyond that, like who created the systems, the doctors and who created hospitals. But that's, that's interesting. See, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking it's all men because that's what I'm thinking. It's the top down system. Mm-hmm. It's the same. So we were raised in a system where there is a person at the top and then they own everything. And then there's a trickle down effect, The person below them, then they'll make a lot and the person below them, they'll make less. And then it's down, 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 down to where really like the nurses would be at the bottom if you're looking at the system, right? So that is where I'm interested in, in dissecting this top-down patriarchal way. And when we're women in business, like our own businesses, we're not creating it in the same patriarchal way. It's, it's either one woman doing it all, or it's a group like us or it's a woman who's employed other people or what you know, what you have you, but it's a, it's a different system. It's more of like, I look at it as like a circle with a lot of circles going out or lines to circles outside of it. Whereas when I think of more of a patriarchal system and I do think of a hospital that way, is it's a top down system. And the people at the bottom make the least, but probably do the most work with the actual people in which you, in which the whole system gets paid, which is, which is the patients, right? Without the patients getting care, there would be no need for a hospital. Um, so that, that's an interesting thought to me. And and where it's a different system now, Nicole, as you're stepping into um, being your own, you know, having your own business and not having like a boss anymore. Um, and of course the boss was a woman. Um But maybe it's like, okay, maybe that thought of like men being at the top is not a hundred percent true. Like you're saying all the CEOs were men, but you would have to expect possibly that the women that were up there are living in a man's world. Being a CEO, I would imagine is still small percentage of CEO women in the world. Oh, like in, let's say this country. I would say there's a smaller percentage of women that are CEOs than men. So it's a man's sort of world when you're, when you're stepping into that role um, or at least it's, it's, it's a power structure where there is, you have power over others. Um, and so maybe that's where we get fearful is that if we're don't, if we're not in a system that's already set up and we know our place and we see other women doing their businesses, we, we could feel that that some sort of, Direct competition, even though we might be doing completely different things, I wonder if we see it as an immediate competition. You know, kind of coming back to that pie thing, like, oh, they're getting all the the business, and what does that mean for me? Um, so that was a that was an interesting correlation I was thinking, Nicole, when you were talking, is about, you know, you've come from sort of that corporate, well, not I don't know if you'd call it corporate, but more business. Oh, Mm -hmm. Okay. Corporate world where you have a role and you get paid for it and you know, what's expected of you and you have a boss and like all the things, and this is a completely different world you're stepping into.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So I think that that has something to do with it. So the people that we do talk to, it would be interesting to have a, um, you know, a batch of people from different places, Mm -hmm. a different, different backgrounds, um, of business backgrounds, you know, like having their own business, working
0: for corporations, what, what have you. Time for another quick commercial. Are you looking for a way to go inside and find out what your heart truly desires? Maybe our seven days of intention meditations will help you find a common thread for your 2021. Hop on over to www.thebraindump.life offering and see what we have in store for you. I think that would be an interesting thing.
2: That's really interesting, yes. And I'm thinking about now that you were talking about the hospital being a patriarchic system, and Nicole, you said they were all women up to the CEO. And I'm wondering if it's you know women navigating a patriarchic system, does that make the dynamic even more complex? Is it even harder to be a woman working in a system like that, because women, you know, are trying to fulfill patriarchic rules and requirements, and um, yeah, it's, it's that's yes, that is a very interesting to think about that in that way. And I'm just pausing because I was trying to. I think my brain just jumped over to the loyalty piece, and um, it's just. It's just such an interesting question, like why, or are are women jealous of each other? Are men not? I don't know. I've never heard my husband talk in that way.
1: No, or I don't think, think in the in that way.
2: Or I no, think they, they like- own
1: that they are supposed to. Like it's like I'm supposed to make the money. I I'm I'm supposed to be successful or whatever. Like I don't think it's a question. But well, for women, it's like, oh my god, you did what? Like, it's a big deal if we do something Mm -hmm. outside of normal. And so, of course, we would question it. But for men, it's very different.
0: Here's a concept that Larry and I have talked about quite a bit, actually, is that once I got into the leadership realm within the hospital system, there is this fear. So the one boss that I got along with really, really well She functions more like a man, like me. I'm a very direct communicator. Um, And her and I got along really well, but all the other ones had a fear of someone taking their position, but that's not how it works. You don't, somebody just doesn't come in and take your position. Like that's just not how it works. You either are promoted or you're fired or, but if your performance is fine, why would you feel threatened by someone lower than you, uh, doing a good job? And that is the theme that I found time and time and time again, is that I was treated poorly for meeting my goals or having an engaged staff, which is what they want, but if everybody had unrest or was unhappy, they were happy because it felt like job security for some reason, like they had something to do or something to fix. But if everything was looking kosher, they somehow felt threatened by that. And so it's this concept that Larry brought to my attention a long time ago that my ability to have good people skills connect in with the staff, connect in with the physicians, know everybody's name. I mean, even up to regulatory people, which most people are scared of them. I was able to spark up conversations and be normal with them. And that made them feel threatened. And I found it so weird. And I've said several times that maybe I'm not cut out for leadership or whatever, because they always made me feel bad for being who I was and having, you know, these good engagement scores or, you know, or these connections with staff or like it was bad that I would talk to my staff. And it, it just felt so yucky all the time. And once I made the decision in November, I was like, I'm done. I'm not going back. This is not for me. I want to be on my own where I can create this feeling that I've always been striving to create this environment. This feeling for women is mostly who I work for um, or worked for. But once I decided that that was the feeling that I wanted to continue and foster and give purpose to, I felt this weight gone. Like I was no longer being judged for who I am. Um, So it's definitely, I think, I've always said I I love male bosses because I feel like they're direct, they're to the point, they they have no emotion behind it, there's no cyclical part to their periods where we can be, you know... you know, upset at the same time or PMSing or whatever. Like I've always loved, I've always gotten along with male doctors. I've always gotten along with male coworkers. There's another couple of male managers and we've always gotten along really well, but the female ones, there is some competition and comparison and I, I don't even know what to call it, but this friction that happens and, and, and that's where I think we need to go and focus on is whatever that energy is is not I don't know it's like oil and water. Yeah. I think those are
1: good things to to question too of your of yourself. Like if you were reflecting for yourself, Nicole, um because you were speaking about other people being maybe envious of what was going on for you and then feeling threatened by it. I wonder if you could see, was there a flip to that? Because you said it was much easier to work with men. So there must've been something else that was, it was not just a one way thing. There must've been another piece of being threatened also by them, I wonder. Like these are the questions I'm curious about is like, because we are relational and we are emotional, we can't just be one-sided and think it's only this other situation it's it and i think that's what makes us who we are is that we can think about well how did how did i play a role in this too and what does this mean for me and what is it in me that i would then be able to i mean i could take it to any realm like i was thinking about My birthing from within, and other things where I always felt like I was comparing myself to other people, how good they are, and I'll never be like that. And because there was always this bar, and it's like, oh, you know what? That bar is everywhere in my life. That is not about birthing from within or about oils or about anything. That's me. I do it with parenting, I do it with cleanliness, I do it with. You know, my body image, like there's a there's this imaginary bar in which we all hold ourselves to, or at least me, I shouldn't speak for everyone. Maybe not everyone has this imaginary bar and it's my problem. But it's like, I would take that anywhere, into any situation. And even like in our situation, right? Like there's been times I would say, Nicole, that you have felt not good enough or like judged by us. And that's in a situation that's completely different than the situation you were in but it is a fundamental part of your thing. Like that, maybe that's your bar. Like I have a bar of being good enough and needing some imaginary, I don't even know what to call it. And maybe you could call something about your situation. You have a different name for it. Um, And maybe Melda too, I don't know. So I'm just curious too, where that there's some fundamental, that's a systemic thing. It's a fundamental something in us that operates without us even knowing or wanting right like we don't want to be that way or have these issues but there's something that is ingrained that we are all trying to talk through and and like pick the piece at like i like that thread image you know, that like we're just trying to pull it and oh i don't know do i want it to fall on me i'm not <laughs> sure maybe push it back up there
0: <laughs> I, I like it up there it's much easier so or will the yarn ball fall on me <laughs> what's that I said, or will the yarn ball fall on me? Yeah, it is.
1: I mean, we're pulling it. It's going to, but maybe it'll be soft. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? What is it composed of? <laughs> right, you're holding it?
2: Can, you, can you let go, or is it going to be in your face all the time, and now that's all you're seeing all the time, and you're struggling yeah. to go through the individual threads of that, I don't know, that yarn ball. Um, as I was listening to the two of you speaking, um, what came to my mind is these culturally constructed beliefs um, that are definitely impacting who we are and how we are and how we're relating to these different bars that you, that you were um, referencing Janine and Nicole, also two things that really um, caught my attention that you said, the PMSing. And then the other one was, you said, my boss was just like a man. She was just like me. She was just direct and Isn't that something that we would maybe, or I would like to suggest that we think about these terms a little bit more and sit with them and start deconstructing those? Because is it really that men are direct and women aren't? Is it can't it be a female trait as well? And is it true that women are PMSing? And that's why you know, all these sentences, are, women are dramatic, they're PO, oh, are you on your period? Oh, I hate mm. when people say that. Mm-hmm. I just hate it so much when somebody says to me, oh, are you on your period? I mean, I've never experienced it myself, but I've heard it. I yeah. could just, my brain just, I don't know. That makes me just so mad. And I'm thinking like, no, she's not PMSing. She just really got mad about something
1: you just said to her. Yeah. And even if she is PMSing, it's still valid to be mad. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) I do find I'm more prickly at times. So for me personally, I am definitely uh, more about speaking my truth at a certain time in my cycle versus others. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily label it as PMSing. I just think that there are times within my cycle that I'm more about speaking my mind and I'm more firm and more direct uh, and more emotionally charged, if you will, than I am at other times. Like there's a week where I'm more chill, laid back, don't really care what's going on. Oh, I'm kind of more flighty. There's a, time where I kind of go more within and I'm more sensitive and then there's a time when I'm more prickly um Mm -hmm. and that Nicole when you said PMSing I thought okay there is this cultural belief right
2: it's out there but how it's defined that's the thing like how you're defining it for yourself yes there is a truth to PMSing from how you were describing it and that's very individually defined but then there is this culturally constructed PMSing that was probably not that term was not coined by women i'm <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> like the way how the men's world are seeing it cuz it's it's coming across in a very degrading way it's like almost saying yeah. like like you are not really making sense right now you are not your your anger isn't really like it's just your hormones you're overreacting you're exaggerating so the way you just described it is an individual experience. So I'm wondering, you know, how you're using PMSing and how that might be different from if society is using that and maybe saying to you, you are PMSing, and maybe you're not even on your period. Mm-hmm. You know? So I like the way you described it from a female's sp- and your individual perspective and acknowledging, yeah, there are some shifts, like as I go through my
0: hormonal cycles. Um, so something I can 't mind mm-hmm. is labels. Mm-hmm. We seem to have labels for each other right we 've talked about jealousy we 've talked about envy we 've talked about pmsing we 've talked about monetary success all these words. so I wonder if there is some sort of um, construct or structure that we have as women to place each other within boxes or labeling them women mm-hmm. um that maybe men don't have because you know when I'm t- when I'm talking to Larry and I talk about like the motherly guilt he's like I've never had guilt a day in my life <laughs> like I don't think about those types of things you know and so there's another label the motherly guilt but yeah. but people can identify with these words that you know, we use consistently. Can I speak to that for a second? Yeah.
1: Because I think something that Melda said triggered this thought. And then what you're saying is another piece of it. And this, it it makes me come back to the whole systemic racism. Okay. If we believe culturally, I don't think we believe it mentally or in our heart, that a white man is the norm and anything different is, is a variation of norm. So if you are not a successful white man and you're anything else, then you are viewed through a completely different lens. And so the labels have to be made because you're not the norm. Now we have to have all these other words because we're trying to explain that it's not a white man, right? Because that's what people are thinking automatically. But you have to say, oh, no, it's a woman. It's a, it's a black woman. Oh, it's no, it's a this, it's a that. It's, we need the labels because we're trying to say in comparison to the norm, which everyone believes is the norm, we have to explain all the other variations.
0: Does that make sense? Like, I think so. I think what you're yeah. saying is if we say that successful business owner, we immediately think white man is that what? Yeah, you're or thinking? anything
1: right anything like okay. if you're talking about a I don't know historical event or a yeah like a successful s- story you're probably going to be imagining a certain person but what I mean more is like when someone does have to explain oh it's this successful woman it's because it's a variation of what we think would have been normal it's a it's a surprise we should celebrate right because it's not normal that's where I think, like, I was watching The Crown, that, the show, really good show on um, Netflix, and I was so surprised when it was a woman prime minister. Like, that blew my mind, and it was back in, like, the 70s, I think. I actually don't remember the time frame, but that, to me, was huge, and I, that's where it is ingrained in me to believe that it's a big deal, have a woman in a role like that because it's a man's role because that's what we are taught that's what we've seen it's been primarily white men doing everything (laughs) and so when a woman steps in it's like oh my god it's a surprise because we're still learning that that can be possible until it becomes more prevalent we'll still be on the fringe like a woman successful woman business owner is like a big deal and you have kids wow you know, like it's a complete variation of norm. I and don't know stopped. how this all lands, but it just is a something that really came flying through my mind. Mm-hmm. hmm And beyond it being a
2: surprise, right? There is, um, it's probably a threat. It's right. a challenge for whoever I don't know might be feeling threat, like threatened by that. Um, and also, it's probably not accepted
1: for whatever. <laughs> Even by, by us, us, the people who want it, mm-hmm. which is what's crazy. It's so crazy. It kind of reminds me of when, of people who have felt like I've read some s- stories about different Black people who've shared stories about how they felt like they were even having a racist feeling towards their own race because it was ingrained in them. Like If you read about the history of slavery, there was a then... Slaves who were allowed to like live in the house, and then they looked down on the slaves who. So there was this again, the hierarchical, patriarchal. Closer you can get to the white man, and then then you would look down. So even as women, we're looking down on other women or looking at them, being like, "Oh my God, you're closer to that." Wait, you can't do that. That's you know, like I don't know why I keep making the correlation between the racism piece, and I'm you know I don't I just want to preface that I'm not. I know that I still have a lot of blind spots and have live in this racism in my system. And I'm trying to like, pull it out and see it better, but I'm going to make mistakes in what I say. So just to say that. Out loud.
0: We're all talking about a taboo topic right now. And I yeah. think I, w- I do want to speak to your racism piece because even within the black culture, and for those of you who don't know, my husband is black. So we have conversations about, you know, Different topics, but going back to the slavery piece, and that there were some who are allowed in the house, that is where their cultural I don't want to call it a belief, I'll say a tendency because then that's not as permanent, but where lighter skinned people are more praised and are seen as more beautiful. Because typically, the slave owners, if I'm understanding correctly, so don't hold me to my words, the um white slave owners would allow their children to come Mm -hmm. into the house because they were closer to looking like them. They were Mm -hmm. lighter skinned. So they were kind of the more praised um, slaves or treated better. I shouldn't say praised, but they were treated differently than the darker skinned ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So even within their culture, there has become a label uh, regarding that. And so Maybe we are touching on something regarding a systemic belief that labels are what define a certain topic. And so if you're not fitting that label, then maybe because we can't redefine the norm just yet, maybe this is the beginning, then that's where this jealousy or envy or whatever you want to call it, is creeping in. And mm-hmm. another word that came to mind when you were talking earlier, Janine, was about scarcity and lack. And mm-hmm. that, that, I think, is what drives a lot of problems within our society. You mm-hmm. know, the haves and the have-nots, or there's not enough mm-hmm. of something. I mean, even down to this pandemic and the hoarding of toilet paper.
1: right?
0: Um, so... I think we really need to look within ourselves and within the system and the cultural norms that we have created this picture of, of what normal is. And, and how can we break that mold, everyone? How can we bust mm-hmm. out and create that new language like Melda was talking about?
2: I think that's why I, I think, think it's really, really difficult to break out of that mold because um, back to my thought of unity, belonging. Belonging and then not belonging, and intersecting identities, so and privileges and power that comes with that, right? Let's say um, a woman is identifying as a mother and a wife, and um, I don't know, works in in I don't know the cor- corporate world as not not in in an upper position, but um, I don't even know how to call it, but, um, and she has all these women around her that she identifies with because they might have intersecting identities. They might be, let's say she is part of a, a circle of friends and they're all women, they're all mothers, they're all wives, and they're all also working. Let one of those women become something else and own a different identity part and there is like the um the division that's where she's no longer part of that unity um and she might be more holding more power or might be holding power in a different realm so she becomes the other all of the sudden all of the sudden it's not like i it's like i can't you're not we're looking for similarities so we can have a feeling of belonging right? And as soon as somebody is becoming a little different, and in addition to that, there comes more privilege and power with that, there is a distancing happening. And I think that's where the jealousy might be kicking in as well. So those, those are my thoughts that I'm holding on to right now as our conversation
1: is evolving more. Well, that would come back to your maternity piece, like where you said, you know, women only get six weeks. And basically what the society is saying, don't change too much. We're only going to give you so much time. And then you have to come right back to the way things were. And you cannot be different because that is not accepted. But in other cultures, and I think we are just speaking about mostly U.S., other cultures do hold that. And and do understand that everyone around that person has to also change. The structures have to change, the work, expectations, you know, all the things. Or they get like a whole year off. So when they come back, they are able to kind of pick back up. Um, and so I think the structure is just, it seeps out everywhere. And maybe we can continue to have this conversation more, um, you know, and and keep dissecting it. And, um, I don't know, pause, I don't know how you guys feel about pausing here. Mm-hmm. It feels like we've kind of mm-hmm. come to a place where we still have a lot of questions, but we, we have picked a few things apart and maybe even as we go back and listen, we, you know, we might pick something else up and want to do another call on that.
0: Yeah, for okay. sure. And I, I really hope to engage some other people.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe this could be something that. People will feel inspired um, to engage in, you know. I would really love this conversation to continue in, you know on Facebook or or in the comments, like on YouTube or you know, whatever, so we can start having that conversation and speaking to it. For yes. sure. Yay. Great. Great
0: right, everyone.
2: Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye. And great thoughts as always. Yes. Much
0: fun. Bye. It's time for a short break to remind you to like, subscribe, and share this episode. We want to connect with you, so don't forget to rate and comment below. Cheers to raw reviews!